chapter 27. When it was determined that we would sail to Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion named Julius of the Augustan cohort. Boarding a ship from Adramitium, which was about to sail for the coast of the province of Asia, we set sail. Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica, was with us. The next day we stopped at Sidon. Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him permission to go to his friends who could provide for his needs. Setting out from there, we sailed under the shelter of Cyprus because the wind was against us. When we had sailed across the sea off Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra in Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing for Italy, and he put us on board. After sailing slowly for many days, we arrived with difficulty off Cnidus. Because the wind did not allow us to go on, we sailed under the shelter of Crete off Salmone. With difficulty, we sailed along the coast and reached a place called Fair Havens near the town of Lassia. After a considerable time had gone by, the voyage was now unsafe because the fast was already over. Paul began to warn them, Men, I can see that this voyage will end in disaster and heavy loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion was more persuaded by the captain and the owner of the ship than by what Paul said. As the harbour was not fit to winter in, the majority decided to set sail from there and see if they could reach Phoenix and spend the winter there. This was a harbour of Crete, which faced southwest and northwest. When a light wind began to blow from the south, thinking their plan would work, they weighed anchor and sailed along the coast of Crete, staying close to the shore. But before long, a very violent wind, called a northeaster, swept down from the land. The ship was caught in it, and since she could not face the wind, we gave up and allowed ourselves to be driven along. As we passed under the shelter of a small island called Clauda, we were able with great difficulty to get the ship's boat under control. After hoisting it on board, the sailors used undergirding cables to brace the ship. Fearing that they would run aground on the sands of Sirtis, they lowered the sea anchor and allowed the ship to be carried along. The next day, because we were being so violently beaten by the storm, they started throwing the cargo overboard. And on the third day, with their own hands, they drew the ship's tackle overboard. For a number of days, we could not see the sun nor the stars, and the storm continued to rage until finally all hope of being saved was disappearing. Since many of them had no desire to eat, Paul stood up among them and said, 
Men, you should have listened to me and not sailed from Crete. Then you would have escaped this damage and loss. But now I advise you to maintain your courage, because there will be no loss of life, but only of the ship. For last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood by me and said, Have no fear, Paul. You must stand before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all those sailing with you. So keep up your courage, men, because I believe God. It will be exactly as I've been told, but we must run aground on some island. On the fourteenth night, while we were being driven across the Adriatic Sea, at midnight the sailors suspected that land was close by. When they took soundings, they measured a depth of twenty fathoms, and a little later they again took soundings, and it was fifteen. Afraid that we might run aground on the rocks, they let down four anchors from the stern and wished for day to come. The sailors were trying to escape from the ship and had lowered the ship's boat into the sea, pretending that they were going to let down anchors from the bow. But Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, If these men do not remain in the ship, you yourselves cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the boat's ropes and let it drift away. Just before daybreak, Paul urged all of them to eat something, saying, Today is the fourteenth day that you have been constantly on watch and going without food. So I urge you to eat something, as this is necessary for your survival. Not one of you will lose a hair of his head. Then he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of all, and he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate also. There were 276 persons on the ship. When they'd eaten enough, they began to lighten the ship by throwing the wheat into the sea. When day came, they could not recognize the land, but they spotted a bay with a beach where they determined to run the ship aground if possible. They threw off the anchors and left them in the sea. At the same time, they loosened the ropes holding the rudders and hoisting the foresail to the wind. They headed for the beach, but they struck a sandbar and ran the ship aground. The bow stuck and could not be moved, while the stern began to break in pieces from the beating of the waves. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to stop them from swimming away and escaping. But the centurion wanted to save Paul and prevented their plan. He ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land, and the rest to follow, some on planks and others on pieces of the ship. And in this way, all were brought safely to land.